0: And now, Hebraic Roots teacher Eddie Chumney of Hebraic Heritage Ministries International.
1: Shalom. I'm Eddie Chumney of Hebraic Heritage Ministries, and we welcome you to today's teaching on the subject two houses and the new testament this is part 13 of the series in john chapter 5 verses 8 and 9 we can see that who yeshua healed he did so on the sabbath john chapter 5 verses 8 and 9 yeshua to him rise take up your bed and walk in it neatly the man was made whole took up his bed and walked and the same day was the sabbath in john chapter 9 we can see as well that the healing of the blind man here takes place on the Sabbath. John chapter 9 verse 1 verse 7 and verse 14. And as Yeshua passed by he saw a man which was blind from his birth and said to him go wash in the pool of Siloam which by interpretation means sent. He went his way therefore and washed and he came seeing. And it was the Sabbath day when Yeshua made the clay and opened his eyes. In John chapter 5 verse 9 it is written in a the man was made whole and took up his bed and walked And the same day was the Sabbath John chapter 9 verse 14 and it was the Sabbath day when Yeshua made the clay and opened his eyes so what is literally happening here is Yeshua is healing the blind and the lame on the literal Sabbath day but the deeper meaning behind what Yeshua is doing is the blind and the lame represents the spiritual status of the exiles of Israel for departing from the Torah in the reason why he heals them on the sabbath day is because he's prophesying about when the 12 tribes of israel are going to be regathered it is going to be in the eschatological sabbath known as the messianic era and the messianic era is a thousand years of time as we're told in revelation in chapter 20 and a thousand years in the bible is likened unto a day so this is the deeper message which is being communicated here from Yeshua healing the blind man on the Sabbath. So let's see how the seventh day Sabbath is associated with the day of the Lord. Isaiah chapter 58, verse 13. If you turn away your foot from the Sabbath, from doing your pleasure on my holy day. So the Sabbath is called my holy day. And call the Sabbath a delight, the holy of the Lord honorable. So the Sabbath is my holy day, the Sabbath is the holy of the Lord, or the Sabbath is the day of the Lord. Each day in creation represents 1,000 years of time. In Psalm chapter 90 verse 4 it is written For a thousand years in your sight are but as yesterday when it is past and as a watch in the night. That verse is quoted in 2 Peter chapter 3 in verse 8 as it is written. But beloved be not ignorant of this one thing that one day is with the Lord as a thousand years and a thousand years as one day. And then after it's stated here in 2 Peter chapter Chapter 3 verse 8 that we're not to be ignorant that one day is with the Lord a thousand years and a thousand years as one day. It goes on to say in Second Peter chapter three and verse ten, but the day of the Lord. So don't be ignorant that one day is with the Lord a thousand years and a thousand years is one day, but the day of the Lord. So how long is the day of the Lord? The day of the Lord is a thousand years of time. We call it the Messianic era. And the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night. The day of the Lord will come as darkness and what do we call the darkness part of the day of the lord we call it jacob's trouble or the tribulation period the seventh day sabbath is associated with the day of the lord and the darkness part of the day of the lord is the tribulation and the day of the lord is known as the messianic era and it is the seventh one thousand year period of time from creation isaiah in chapter 13 verse 6 and verse 8 it is written how ye for the the day of the Lord is at hand and it shall come as destruction from the Almighty. And they shall be afraid. Pains and sorrows shall take hold of them. They shall be in pain as a woman that travails. So the day of the Lord comes as destruction and it's associated with pains and sorrows. The day of the Lord is associated with the tribulation period. Zephaniah in chapter 1 verses 14 and 15 it is written the great day of the Lord is near. It is near and hastens greatly. Even the voice of the day of the Lord. The mighty man will cry there bitterly. That day, that is the day of the Lord, is a day of wrath, a day of trouble, of distress, a day of wasteness and desolation, a day of darkness and gloominess, a day of clouds and thick darkness. The darkness part of the day of the Lord is associated with Jacob's trouble. We can see this from Jeremiah in chapter 30 in verses 6 and 7 as it is written. Ask ye now and see whether a man doth travail with child. Why do I see every man with his hands on his loins as a woman in travail and all faces are turned into paleness? Alas! For that day is great and there is none like it. What day? The day of the Lord. It is even the time of Jacob's trouble, but he shall be saved out of it. The end of the exile of the 12 tribes of Israel happens during Jacob's trouble. Jeremiah chapter 30 verse 3 and verse 7. It is written for lo the days come says the Lord that I will bring again the captivity of my people Israel and Judah says the Lord. I'm going to cause them to return to the land that I gave their fathers and they shall possess it. So the subject here is Israel and Judah returning to the land. And regarding Israel and Judah returning to the land, it says in Jeremiah 30, verse 7, Alas, for that day is great, it's done like it. What day? The day that Israel and Judah returns to the land. What day? The day of the Lord. Because the time when Israel and Judah returns to the land in the day of the Lord, it is even the time of Jacob's trouble, that he will be saved or redeemed or delivered out of it. Zion is redeemed during jacob's trouble isaiah chapter 35 verses 4 through 6 and verse 10 it is written say to them that are fearful of heart be strong fear not behold your god will come with vengeance even god with a recompense he will come and save you then the eyes of the blind shall be opened, the ears of the deaf shall be unstopped then shall the lame man leap as a heart and the tongue of the dumb sing i want you to notice that the eyes of the blind being opened, the ears of the deaf being unstopped and the lame man leaping as a heart is associated with verse 10 and the ransom of the Lord shall return and come to Zion that in the gathering uniting the 12 tribes of Israel it is linked with the eyes of the blind being open the ears of the deaf being unstopped and the lame man will leap as a heart and so when Yeshua is healing the blind and the lame and the deaf on a deeper level these things Things describe the spiritual status of the exiles of Israel. And now the reason why we're being told that he's healing on the Sabbath is because... The exile of Israel is going to end in the period of time known as the eschatological Sabbath, the Day of the Lord, and specifically the darkness part of the Day of the Lord, or Jacob's Trouble. The ingathering of the exiles is also referred to as the Day of Messiah. The Day of the Lord is the Day of Messiah, and this term is used in Second Thessalonians chapter two, verse one and verse two, as it is written. Now we beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Yeshua. Mashiach, and by our gathering together unto him. So, what is the gathering together unto him referring to? It's Messiah gathering and uniting the twelve tribes of Israel. And in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 and verse 2, it says that you be not soon shaken in mind or in trouble, neither by spirit nor by word nor by letter, as from us, as that the day of Messiah is at hand. So, the day of Messiah is his gathering together unto him. The day of Messiah is the Gathering and uniting of the twelve tribes of Israel. In John chapter 6, verse 40 and verses 44 and 54, we are told that the raising up is on the last day. And this is the will of him that sent me, that everyone which sees the Son and believes on him may have everlasting life. And I will raise him up at the last day. No man can come to me except the Father which has sent me draw him, and I will raise him up. At the last day, whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up at the last day. The resurrection then occurs in the last day day which is a reference to the day of the Lord or the messianic era in John in chapter 11 in verse 14 Yeshua said to them that Lazarus is dead and then in John chapter 11 verses 21 verses 23 and 24 it goes on to explain then said Martha unto Yeshua Lord if you had been here my brother had not died and Yeshua said to her your brother will rise again and Martha said I know that he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. The last day is a reference to the thousand year messianic era which the darkness part of this day is known as Jacob's trouble or the tribulation period. And so that last day is the seventh day in the seven days of creation. That the seventh day of creation is a reference to the last thousand years of time known as the messianic era. And from the first coming of Yeshua, his coming was after 4,000 years or four days that it is the third day from Yeshua's first coming. Hosea chapter 6 verses 1 and 2 Come and let us return to the Lord. Returning to the Lord means believing that Yeshua is the Messiah and it means to return to the Torah. For he has torn, that means he sent us into exile. He will heal us. That means he will gather us from the exile. He has smitten. He will bind us up. After two days, he will return revive us. After 2000 years, there comes the reviving. The reviving is believing in Yeshua and returning and following his Torah. That takes place after two days. But it's in the third day or the beginning of the third day or the beginning of messianic times or in the darkness part of the day of the Lord or Jacob's trouble is when he will raise us up. That is gather the 12 tribes of Israel. And when he does, we shall live in his sight. That means we will Will be living when he sets up his kingdom. We will rule and reign with him, as it says in Revelation chapter five and verse ten. It says he's made us unto our God kings and priests, and we will rule in the earth. In John chapter nine, after Yeshua heals the blind man on the Sabbath, there is a controversy regarding Yeshua healing the blind man on the Sabbath with the Pharisees. This controversy is prophetic as well. So let's look at this. John chapter 9 verses 14 through 16. And it was the Sabbath day when Yeshua made the clay and opened his eyes. Then again the Pharisees also asked him how he had received his sight. He said to them, He put clay upon my eyes and I washed and I do see. Therefore said some of the Pharisees, This man is not of God because he keeps not the Sabbath day. Now what is it that they had a complaint about? That he put clay upon his eyes? Because according to the Pharisees, That is breaking the Sabbath. That is doing work. And they don't believe that the Messiah is going to break what they regard as oral law. And so because Yeshua healed the blind man on the Sabbath and in doing so made clay and put it upon his eyes, thus doing work, the Pharisees responded, this man is not of God because he keeps not the Sabbath day. Others said, how can a man that is a sinner, that means one that violates the Sabbath by doing work, on the Sabbath according to their understanding do such miracles so there was a division among them in understanding the biblical Pharisees and their relationship to the Jewish people today we're going to look at a definition of who the Pharisees are and their background from the Wikipedia Encyclopedia the Pharisees from the Hebrew Parashim from Parash meaning to separate were depending on the time a political party social movement and a school of thought among Jews that flourished during the second temple era. And that is from 536 before the common era or BC to 70 common era or AD. After the destruction of the second temple, Pharisaic Judaism came to be known as rabbinic Judaism and then simply as Judaism. The Pharisees were an ancient sect of Judaism. They existed during the time of rabbis Hillel the Elder and Shammai and during the time of Jesus. They are the direct predecessor to what eventually became became known as Rabbinic Judaism. In contrast to other Jewish groups of the time, such as the Sadducees, the Pharisees held that the books of the Tanakh, that is the Hebrew Bible, also referred to as the written Torah, have always been transmitted in parallel with an oral tradition. They pointed as proof to the text of the Torah itself, where they said, many words were left undefined and many procedures mentioned without explanation or instructions. The reader is assumed to be familiar with the details from Other sources. This parallel set of material was originally transmitted orally and came to be known as the Oral Law. By the year 200 AD, much of this material was edited together into the Mishnah, which is the core document of Rabbinic Judaism. In John, in chapter 9, verses 26 through 29, we see that some of the Pharisees say that they're not interested in being believers in Yeshua or being Yeshua's disciples. Then said they to him, again what did he do to you how did he open your eyes and he answered them I have told you already and you did not hear wherefore you want to hear it again will you also be his disciple then they reviled him and said you are his disciples but we are Moses disciples in other words they see themselves as following the Torah as it was given at Mount Sinai and in their understanding that was not just the written Torah but the oral Torah as as well. John chapter 9 verse 29. We know that God spoke to Moses, but as for this fellow, we know not from where he is. Continuing on in John chapter 9 verses 35 through 38, the blind man who gets healed, which is a picture of the exiles of Israel and specifically those who were not following Torah, they become Yeshua's disciple. Yeshua heard that they had cast him out and when he had found him, he said unto him, do you believe? believe on the son of god he answered and said who is he lord that i might believe on him and yeshua said unto him you have both seen him and it is he that talks with you and he said lord i believe and he worshiped him are the pharisees spiritually blind in john chapter 9 verses 39 and 40 yeshua said to the pharisees for judgment i came into this world that they which see not might see and they which see might be made blind and some of the pharisees which were with him heard these words and said are we blind also and so yeshua is going to answer the question of the pharisees are we blind or are we spiritually blind john chapter 9 verse 41 yeshua said to them if you were blind you should have no sin but now you say we see in other words you are saying we follow moses you are saying we follow the torah so they're saying we see and yeshua is saying because you're saying that you see because you're saying that you're not blind therefore your sin remains or in reality you are still spiritually blind and so in john chapter 10 yeshua is going to explain what areas the pharisees are blind in in john chapter 10 verse 1 he says verily verily i say unto you." He that enters not by the door into the sheepfold, Yeshua is referring to himself, but climbs up some other way, and Pharisaic Rabbinic Judaism does not believe that they have to believe in Yeshua as the Messiah. They believe that they are in viable relationship with God the Father without going through Yeshua. So Yeshua is first explaining to the Pharisees, or Rabbinic Judaism today, that if you don't Go through him, but you go to the Father through some other way. The same as a thief and a robber. Continuing on, Yeshua explains to the Pharisees, and he that enters in by the door is the shepherd of the sheep, and a stranger will they not follow. And so what Yeshua is saying: those who are my disciples, they won't follow a strange voice, referring to Pharisaic or rabbinic Judaism or following the Torah according to judaism but will flee from him for they know not the voice of strangers john chapter 10 verse 6 this parable or this explanation spake yeshua unto them that is the pharisees but they did not understand what things that he was communicating to them continuing on yeshua is explaining to the pharisees and answering their questions are we blind in john chapter 10 verse 7 and verse 9 and verse 16 yeshua said to them verily Verily I say unto you, I am the door of the sheep. I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved, and shall go in and out and find pasture. And then Yeshua explains that the way to the Father is through him, and now he is going to tell the Pharisees the following John chapter ten, verse sixteen. Other sheep I have, which are not of this fold. What fold is he speaking to? He's speaking to the southern kingdom. He's speaking to the house of Judah. He's speaking to Jews. He's speaking to Pharisees. Them also I must bring. Who's this other sheepfold that Yeshua is referring to? He's referring to the northern kingdom. He's referring to Ephraim. He's referring to the ten tribes. And he says that they will hear my voice. In other words, they will believe that I am the Messiah and they will follow my Torah. And as a result, there will be one fold and one shepherd. That this two sheepfolds, which is the northern king, and the southern kingdom, that they're going to be one sheepfold. And I, Yeshua says, am going to be the one shepherd over them. Yeshua is declaring to the Pharisees that he is the Messiah and that he is going to gather and unite the 12 tribes of Israel. John chapter 10, verse 14, Yeshua says, I am the good shepherd. Now, when Yeshua said to the Pharisees that he's the good shepherd, he's making a reference to to those scriptures that tell us who the Good Shepherd is and the role of the Good Shepherd. And in Ezekiel chapter 34, in verses 11 and 13, we're told that the Good Shepherd gathers the exiles of Israel. Thus says Yahweh Elohim, Behold, I, even I, will both search my sheep and seek them out. And I will bring them out from the people and gather them from the countries and will bring them to their own land. And I will feed them upon the mountains of Israel by the river and in all the inhabited places of the country. So the Pharisees ask Yeshua, are we blind? And Yeshua answers in the following manner, that if you go and you try to have access to the Father some other way, but by me, the same is a thief and a robber. So he's saying that is one area that you're blind about. Secondly, Yeshua explains, I am the good shepherd. When Yeshua said that he is the good shepherd, he's saying that he is the Messiah, that he is Yahweh Elohim, Elohim and he's the one that gathers the exiles of Israel that's another area that they're blind about thirdly Yeshua is explaining that there is another sheepfold that would be Ephraim that would be the 10 tribes that would be the northern kingdom and that they are going to believe that I am the Messiah and they're going to seek to follow my Torah that is the third area that the Pharisees are blind regarding through this event of Yeshua healing a blind man on the Sabbath while this Literally happened... On the deeper level, Yeshua is teaching that it is the exiles of Israel who are blind. He is the Messiah. He's going to open their eyes. He's going to cause them to see, to recognize that he's the Messiah and they need to follow his Torah. And he did it on the Sabbath, prophesying of the eschatological Sabbath, which is the messianic era, which is the day of the Lord. And specifically, by looking at the prophets, the gathering of the 12 tribes of Israel happens in the darkness part of the day of the Lord or... Jacob's trouble and that when he unites the 12 tribes of Israel that Yeshua explained that he's the good shepherd that's going to rule and reign over them in the kingdom now after Yeshua explained to the Pharisees in John chapter 10 verse 16 that he has another sheepfold that would be the northern kingdom or Ephraim of the 10 tribes besides the sheepfold that he's speaking to that would be the house of Judah the southern kingdom the Jewish people or the Pharisees he says that there's going to be one fold in one Shepherd. That there's going to be uniting of the two sheepfolds, the uniting of the twelve tribes of Israel, and He is going to be the good Shepherd over them. Therefore, does my Father love me because I lay down my life? Well, that's going to conclude part thirteen of the series on the subject: two houses and the New Testament. Shalom in Yeshua the Messiah. Amen.